The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Come to the point where we close the week out with a song. Returning from earlier, the host of a Nightmare on Fierce Street podcast, Sheree Bohannon. Hello. This week's music video comes from the late, great DMX. Slippin' was the lead single off his 1998 sophomore album, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. It also featured the single No Love For Me, which featured my man Drag On. I bought his solo album back in the day. Um... It was a three times platinum album, and it made him the second rapper. Now, this is a weird kind of stat here. Second rapper to have two albums released in the same year, debut at number one on the Billboard 200. The other was Tupac with All Eyes on Me and the Don Killuminati, the Seven Day Theory. But because Tupac went under Machiavelli, for, or a record label made him go under Machiavelli, I don't remember <laughs> that. Because of that, he is the first rapper with the same name to have it released in the same year. So uh, there's that. Slip and Samples Moonstreams by Grover Washington Jr. and features backing vocals from Tamara Gray, who would go on to finish fourth place on the first season of American Idol. Shrey, were you a fan of DMX? He's just part of my tweenhood because he was around during that TRL era. Right. But he never made it on a TRL because yeah. it was the first group project I would fail. <laughs> yeah. He was always, hey, he was a one in 106 Park champion. He was always yeah. in that top 10. So he could have hosted and it would have been fine. But yeah, I just remember like doing TRL, be like, no DMX. And then going to 106 Park, like, here he is. <laughs> so it was like, I was winning anyways. I talk on this show how one in six in Park, I think, doesn't get mentioned. In, like it was just as integral to that era of music and especially yes. like hip hop R&B and stuff as TRL. Like there were so yeah. many launch. It was, I feel it was just as, it was a competition. Sure. They were both structured the same, but I feel like it was just as important as there TRL, was, which, yeah. There were so many artists I want to in park that never got screen time on MTV, mm-hmm. let alone yeah. TRL because TRL was very much about like, the boy bands and like the tween pop stars. Right. And like, I, that was not my music, but again, it was live TV. So I was there and then I yeah. go to run through the park and be like, here's the music that some of us are listening to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just, I, I wish they could have gotten a chance to be mainstream successful on MTV, but I was happy they found a home and he was one right. of them. And like, seeing him and Aaliyah's friendship sort of like happen on BET was one of the reasons I think BET had anything really special going because yeah. i like this still feels wholesome mm-hmm. i feel like <laughs> this is a dynamic duo right uh he yeah i i came in to so at this uh, towards the late night like i went i started out you know as a kid i was like well listen to whatever music or whatever and then i went away from like hip-hop and rap i became like really into like the grunge alternative and through that then came like weird ska phases and i was a metal at the time 
I was more of a metal. I was into corn at the time, listening to Deftones, things like that. And then I, I heard DMX and it spoke like that same kind of, like I was attracted to it. Like I hadn't been into rap since like Warren G regulate yeah. and, you know, Dr. Drake. Car- so like I kind of drifted away. And then this was like, who this guy, this is like heavy metal, but rap like with this guy and Anthony songs and yeah. just this raspy boy. I was like, yeah, I like, and he transitioned. Like I got, I just started listening to whatever I liked again. Kind of, I got into like rap a bit heavier from like that late nineties because of him to, to like the mid two thousands where it just became a person who just listened to whatever they listened to. Yeah. And, uh, but DMX was really like, I love, like I went and bought that album. I was like, this Rough Riders Anthem is, the most badass thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I really loved and respected that he wasn't trying to sound like everybody else Mm -hmm. because that's a trap that a lot of artists fall into, especially when it comes to rap. Um, A lot of them are like, well, so-and-so does it this way. So I'm going to do it this way. And it's not like an homage, like Cardi B will make an homage to somebody. You're like, she'll be like, this is the way he did it. And I'm going to do it. So you, I can do it that way. But the rest of the album is going to be this and that. But like a lot of people fall into that. I can be the next so-and-so. And DMX is like, I'm gonna bark at you, and I'm gonna talk to you about my shit. And I'm like, yeah. yes, yes. I, I tell you, like this song "Slippin'" was where I really fell in love with this guy because holy shit, this is the most open, and it flows. It's good. He censors it himself on the album because he yeah. didn't. He wanted people that like, and it's one of the deepest songs, the most personal opening. Someone, and when people will like, when people will try to take rap down or the form of music as a lesser form, I point, I've been pointing since yeah. this song to this song and be like, listen to that and tell me it's not or cannot be up with deep stuff. Yeah. Just because he, he's foul because he's passionate about it with his language. But this song yeah. is just great. This is one of the best songs probably on an artistic level from the 90s period. Like I would yeah. pull slipping up with some, yeah, some of the better yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, I, I I would agree. Like, again, I hadn't seen this video until you were like, this is what we're doing. And I was happy you did because I was like, how did I miss this video? <laughs> and I think that it just wasn't in the heavy rotation because it deals with such heavy topics because nobody mm-hmm. wants to see a sad rapper dealing with their issues and emotions. Like being real, like his sad, <laughs> right? like real, it's mental illness, it's yeah. parental trauma. And it's not, it's not like the typical, and it's not bragging about going through that. No. And it's about him yeah. begging for help because he still has trouble with it. Yeah. Which when you compare that to the other rappers who deal with their emotional trauma, mm-hmm. like cleaning out my closet, Eminem, really. Yeah. Uh, and the other things that he ha- got away with. And then you like see this, which is just like so grounded and honest and earnest. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why didn't, why wasn't this played on anywhere that I would have caught it? Like during my hours after school. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it it yeah, it's just it's beautiful. I mean, it's haunting. It's the backing vocals work really good. Uh the the video here it's directed by uh, Bishop. That's that's it. Just Bishop and yeah. Reuben Whitmore the second Bishop. He would direct uh the the next video No Love for Me and he did Eve's Got a Man video. So he was in he's probably yeah. someone in the Rough Rider crew. Uh Reuben Whitmore the second. He did an Usher video, Dreamin and He's been a writer, producer, and director, like low budget features and shorts. So he's still working, but nothing, I don't think anything a mainstream audience is going to be familiar with, but I did it. 
It's hard. It's just so hard because a lot of times the coolest stuff is the stuff that does not get played. Mm-hmm. And so we all find out about it later on. And then they're like, man, it has a cult following. It's like, but it could have had a following if you told us it was happening. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the video depicts DMX his childhood as he goes through it. He's in this, he's like getting raced off in an ambulance for maybe an OD that's just kind of yeah. creepy and stuff. Cause he's not shot. There's no violence in the video of that. And I'm like, is this an OD? Cause this is now really prophetic yeah. and scary. That's always eerie when you go back and you see something and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh no, they sort of like did this again. Tupac did that because Tupac had a video. Yeah. 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 The parallels between these two that I <laughs> make it up tonight. I feel like it, it's a really excellent video, with a really excellent message, because again, he's talking to you about what mm-hmm. he's been through as a child and how he's trying to process it. But also like he has the fallout from that and he's still working on that, which all of us to some extent have. I mean, I don't want to like be like anybody's is worse or less worse than anybody else's, but I feel like a lot of us have damage from our childhoods mm-hmm. and we have things that we're still trying to process and work on. And we still behave and act in certain ways in certain situations and right. because of that. And so to have a rapper who we usually go to for like a fun time, be like, let's talk about my shit real quick. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. My mom, my mom and I had some issues and I, my father ran away. Was it my fault? Like, yeah, it, it shows. I mean, it makes sense. It follow. I mean, it's one of those yeah. that follow the, the story of the video follows the lyrics a bit, but yeah, and I, I love the depiction of how he falls from his biological family, but slowly builds into having a, a support system and a family. Uh, those are the Rough Riders, which because you know back yeah. back then you 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 got the best rapper of your crew to to get the front, and then you started introducing the other guys later because you had the Locks with Jada Kiss and and you had yeah. Drag On and Eve and all. They like we're in the wings. Our albums are coming after his first couple go platinum, and we can pay for the other ones to happen. Yeah. But and it's a really tender moment where he's in the hospital bed. There's no one there as he's talking about the video. But as you see the family bill and he's on the TV and they're there to say, hey, awesome. They're around the hospital bed towards the end. And I don't know if they're trying to say he died and they were there for him. And like he died having the family he always wanted. But it's kind of really interesting stuff going on in this video. Yeah. no, Like the image that like sticks out to me is definitely the one where it's and it's real simple but it's the one where as a kid he's showing his mother like this like project he's really proud of because i think he had an a or whatever Mm -hmm. and she's like i give no shits and he just sort of like rips it up and is defeated yeah and because it just it it hurts because there are so many kids out there doing all of the things and doing amazing stuff and are brilliant and nobody gives a shit and so there's like well if you, you won't give me attention for this then i'll go do it for some other reasons right and so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Bad parenting is a trigger. <laughs> and so that that's what haunts me from this video. One of the many things that haunt me is mm-hmm. that kid just being like, can't you care? Yeah, it's got the iconic image of him in that chamber with all the hands reaching out. Yeah. That's, that's I remember that when I think of DMX and stuff, I'm like that's an image that would come through my mind. I did remember seeing this video a little bit through. I mean, it wasn't, it was almost like Flesh of My Flesh came out and was like, on to the next thing after. I mean, granted, you've yeah. released two albums in a year, and the third one comes, like, the next year. He was really dishing them out. And I feel like the Flesh of My Flesh album got overlooked by the other one still being quite big. Like, the Rough Rider anthem would not go away. Yeah. And it had other good songs. And I feel like after after Flesh of My Flesh, 
he gets a bit more poppy because we get up in here on the next album. Yes. He's still true to himself, but he's a little more commercial because um, his stuff before wasn't what commercial stuff was. It became commercial because people loved it. And then that's always happens to pop artists anyways. I mean, when you get, yeah. when you get popular and stuff, you work with better producers, you or who knew how to be hit makers. But this yeah. one is like, his like the other one one launches then you're like here i am with flesh of my flesh and then you go sell records on the next one but yeah it's like what we're talking about earlier and that like your first album you're like i'm straight from the streets i have this my community is this and i have things i really want to talk about and communicate with Mm -hmm. and i'm i can't make written and i have real concerns that people find that relatable and the longer you're in the spotlight and the more fame you get, the further away you get from that. And so you have a different life experience than the people yeah. who made you because now you're not worried about rent. Now you have Bentleys. Now you have a random tiger because you can. <laughs> yeah. <And> so <laughs> you're rapping about things that are still around you, but it's a whole different world that maybe you and six other people are familiar with. Right. Oh yeah, and then I mean, he would go on. They tried to make him a movie star. He had Romeo Must Die. Romeo Must Die. Exit Wounds. He was with Seagal. Yes. Uh, he helped relaunch Seagal's career. Actually, like Seagal yeah. got two theater movies and then like straight to video stuff after. But a Belly, which the yeah. very stylish, cool film with him and Nas. Uh, the was it? The, who did that one? Hype Williams, of course. I Williams did it. But yeah, that's a very really stylish movie. He had potential to be sorry. He's probably himself that kept him back from things, to be honest. I feel like there's a little bit of an inner saboteur just mm-hmm. because like I don't know if he ever saw himself the way we did. Right. Um, I really don't. Again, like this pandemic is hard on so many people and I can't even imagine how hard it is for people who are battling addiction because right. that's a constant addiction. You don't just wake up cured. Like it's an everyday, you are working on this and you're choosing this. Right. And so to have this pandemic on top of everything else that we don't even know about compounding all of those things. I, mean, I he yeah. almost like his, to compare it to like a rock career, like he almost was like a Scott Weiland of Stone Temple Pilots where it was like, constantly getting himself clean maybe i'm back on the and then, oh no i'm and then it finally caught up like a, a decades of crap like that and it's just sad like it's like yeah. these people can't figure like can't help themselves and they no if we lose so many wonderful people and amazing artists who contribute mm-hmm. so much to us as society um and we lose them because someone somewhere just does not say no to them Mm-hmm. Or they are like, do this with me one more time, which is an asshole thing to do. Right. If you know someone is an addict, don't help them that way. Like maybe be like, do you want me to like go to a meeting with you? Do you want me to like help you find a meeting? Like, do you need to talk? Sometimes talking. I don't know, but I'm just tired of people being like, I'm going to help you find this one more time. And then that's the last time. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of like homeless people you see out there have burned through those bridges and that's why they're out there. Like there's no, you know. Yeah. It sucks. Like, yeah, it's bad. I do love, like, granted, it's the opening line of the song, but the to live is to suffer, but to survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. That's huge. Like, like that's just sets the song off in motion perfectly, but that's such a big statement that just crazy. I always wondered if, later in life he would have started writing because he has so many like lyrics that land that way mm-hmm. and you're like that's really poetic yeah <laughs> um, 
And I feel like he, I, I don't know what he would have done. because The book like, had just I, jotted down thoughts from DMX. That'd yeah, be just yeah. insane. Especially, especially with the rappers, because as rappers get older, they're just like, I can be eccentric. What should I do? Maybe I should have a show with Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. And, and right. so I'm like, I would have loved for him to be like, I'm going to actually start writing things and I'm going to publish some books. Yeah. Well, the funny thing with DMX is just like, what who who he is as an inner person and as an intellectual is not like the outside or to sound like he looks hard, like a mean dude and tough. He's and he's built and then he's got a voice that's like this. And but he's got this deep, like I think it could be overlooked by his audience uh, how deep and how much wisdom he's actually spewing out in his lyrics that his out, like, don't judge yeah. a book by its cover, but like. People yeah. just were like party music, and it's like no, right? this guy, this guy's saying yeah. some crazy shit in his party music that you should probably, yeah, like, wow. But nobody ever actually listened because like there, mm-hmm. there was clearly a mind there, and nobody right. wanted to get credit, especially in the like late nineties, early aughts. They were like big black dude done typecast, yeah. and <laughs> it's like no, actually, I I feel like he might be like better read than you Randall yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like what are we doing and they're just like no asking for another song Henny Barcrest and it's like but like these beautiful lyrics are right here next to the barking can we not talk about those people like it the kids like it when he barks right sometimes I look at humanity and I just wonder why <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and if you're not doing that there's something wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> I think so yes exactly it's a beautiful video that I was not ready for because again, I never saw it. I yeah. I lived on MTV, MTV two and BT in my mm-hmm. like tween years. And like I never saw this video. And I had insomnia back then too. So it wasn't like yeah. they were like waiting for two AM for me to pass out because right. I was there. What? <laughs> and so I don't know like what random hour of the day they were playing it and why I never saw it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very I mean it's very good. It's a perfect song meets video. And just like uh, you watch it just in awe of like, like he's teaching you or you're yeah. like hearing the best story ever. It works in that fashion. Like I could turn it on now and still just, I, I, he has this commanding presence that I'm like, I need to listen now. Like, it feels like a memoir. It feels yeah. like he is opening the book to be like, here's where I started and here's where I am at this time. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish that we were going to get another one of those, but unfortunately um, because of the 2020 21 era yeah. taking everything away from us we do not right it's such a shocker such a uh, surprise yeah. and well i mean yeah it was just like oh boy i when that they were talking about him going in and it wasn't good i was like oh no oh no it's a matter of days like you just kind of <laughs> kind of knew it's hard to have hope now like literally if somebody's trending i assume the worst and sometimes right. like, they have a birthday i forgot we do birthdays oh they <laughs> did a good thing oh yeah. or they made a funny oh right Oh my God, like a couple weeks ago, Brendan Fraser was trending and I was terrified. I was pre-crying and he was trending for being a good person. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's true. He's a good person. But also warn me, don't just like start making people we love Wait, trend. Things that trend, trend for good reasons? What? Yeah, people are like, he's a good person. Here's this one time he saved this kid. Here's this one time he did that. Also, like we need to respect the mummy. And yeah. I was like, yay. I hope that somebody somewhere showed him all of that because I don't think he does social media. Right. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> I wish I could quit. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been thinking, you know. <laughs> no, 
it's just so intertwined with everything now because it's how we advertise everything we do. Like I, yeah, there is, and then like I, I we have met each other now because of social yeah, media. So like right? it's like, well, I wouldn't get an experience or be with people that I love sharing these conversations I want to have with. Like that's the thing in real life. I don't get to have these in a regular fashion like I would want to, but I can through this and we can, you know, it helps my sanity. Like, oh, well, I don't have to sit and hold up these thoughts. I share them with somebody who appreciates and can collaborate with them. So that's part of the benefit, whether in verbal form, video form or text form, that option's there. I don't know if people can go back. Like, I really don't. I, cause I think about like in the before times before mm-hmm. cell phones, when we were just like, Oh, somebody's not home. I guess I'll talk to them whenever I see them. And now it's like, I have a little computer in my pocket. So if I can't yeah. like get you via text, I can be like, are you online? Right. You are online. Let's talk about this. Have you seen Ted Lasso? Here's my Apple password. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know how to not like we're right. always in communication now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I picked up my phone for the first time since we started at nine something. And there was like bajillions of messages from people. I don't, who want, I, I don't want to look at mine. Yeah. <laughs> the I probably, yeah, I probably don't have as many as you. I'm an old man. Probably have just as many. Uh- <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. One of my movie group texts. I, I, those can blow up and I try to learn my best not to have to chime in on everything. I don't need it. It's hard. It's hard. Especially because we have time. Um, <laughs> In theory. I'm, a, I'm a white movie geek. I have to say something about everything, don't I? Like I, I have to have an opinion. I'm expe- that's expected of me. I have to, I have to do that. Like that's our, that's our problem. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, anyway, all right. That's uh, that'll do it for this week on the show. Shrey, hooray! Like this, this has been great. Granted, this is one night, but this week having you on the show, you're a wonderful guests. I've been having great conversations with you so hopefully we keep in touch and we come back another time but until then let people know before the weekend where they can look you up and check out all the greatness you put out there in the world awesome track down my podcast uh nightmare on fierce street you can check us out at nightmare fierce on twitter and instagram our facebook is a nightmare on fierce street because we're very creative that way i can be found at miss that's m-i-s-s-s-h-a-r-a-i on twitter and instagram mm-hmm. and then i have my website which is shereebohannon.com and because my name will be on this episode that'll help you get there correctly <laughs> All right, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work on whysoblue.com. The Brandon Peters Show returns all new next week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film discussion. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.